Welcome back to the Sage Post 47 podcast. This is your host, Sierra Ty Brownlee, Pomona College, class of 2024. And today I'm joined by Riley McPhee, Pomona College, class of 2011, and current senior associate at Shop Architects. Riley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Sierra. Anytime. All right. So to hop right in, could you just talk a little bit about your Pomona experience and maybe some of the things that you were involved with? Sure. Um, so I came into Pomona um, thinking, uh, I guess actually honestly thinking that I would be a theater major at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so took some theater classes at first uh, and s- sounds kind of silly in retrospect to say it, but I was also very involved in Ultimate Frisbee. Um, and mm-hmm. that's not the silly part. The silly part is that I, I essentially uh, gave up on theater because the, uh, the theater productions conflicted with the Ultimate Frisbee tournaments. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was the first change in my uh, academic path at Columbia, or sorry, at Pomona, um, mm-hmm. was going from uh, theater into then I went to environmental analysis. Um, and that kind of became my path. Uh, at Pomona. And so, again, I was, I was very involved with Ultimate Frisbee for all uh, four years. Um, and then through uh, environmental analysis, uh, I started off in policy and then went to um, a design focus as a kind of more tangible yeah. uh, focus. And, uh, you know, that sort of led to an interest in architecture and design and the built environment. Okay. Very cool. And so did you, would you believe or say that you, by the time maybe it was nearing graduation, knew you wanted to pursue architecture? Um, I could definitely say that in, in the sense of knowing that in a short term uh, kind of way. Yeah. Um, I guess what I mean by that is like, I did not know then that I wanted to, you know, be an architect for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know now that I want to be an architect for the rest of my yeah. life, um, but I knew by the end of, you know, end of Pomona uh, that I, you know, needed to make a choice and uh, sort of, you know, p- pick a direction and see where that led. And I felt like I had a pretty high degree of confidence that, you know, architecture was a direction that I, you know, liked and found meaningful and you know wanted to pursue and also that you know it was kind of a broad enough um, you know i think ar- architecture is sort of the this is a very maybe pragmatic way of thinking about it but architecture is sort of the most credentialed and in many cases respected of the design professions mm-hmm. so i knew that if i pursued an architecture path you know, it would leave many doors open to me uh, in a kind of broader field in which I was interested. Yeah, definitely. And when you were kind of in this phase or at the around the same time, did you know of anyone who had decided to pursue architecture or were there any peers who wanted to pursue a similar path? I think the short answer is no. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know uh, any, anyone, any peers, um, that were Mm -hmm. in architecture. Coincidentally in grad school, I wound up, uh, 
in a class with somebody from my Pomona class who I actually oh, didn't know wow. very well. Um, so that was, that was kind of fun to see that we'd follow different paths, but we didn't know it while we were at Pomona. Yeah. Um, and even then, I mean, I had, you know, some, uh, maybe one friend, sort of remote friend of my parents who was an architect who I was able to have, you know, conversation with, mm-hmm. um, and do, you know, sort of visit their office. Um, but I really didn't have a very good sense or very good resources to even understand what architecture meant. Yeah. Um, and I, I did do, I think the summer before my senior year, I think I did an architecture 101 summer program at the mm-hmm. university of Washington. And that was helpful for understanding what architectural grad school would be like. Yeah. But it was, I would say, especially in retrospect, not very helpful for understanding what being a practicing architect would be like or understanding the differences between architectural grad programs, things like that. So I I strongly wish that I had had more resources, uh, you know, to understand architecture while I was at Pomona. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about where you went from there? And I know you went on to get two more degrees um and how you figured that out and chose like you said which programs to enroll in yeah it's a good question um i mean honestly part of it was towards the end of my uh senior year or really the majority of my senior year Mm -hmm. um i had some personal and family uh issues so i wanted to move back home to seattle and Mm -hmm. um you know, so, so that was kind of my priority at the time. And, uh, you know, when I was back in Seattle, then I was looking for next steps and thinking about architecture and I'd gotten sort of interested in, uh, construction and building technology and techniques. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, really wanted to understand, you know, not just how to design buildings, but how to build buildings. And so that's when I sought out, um, this, uh, associate's degree in carpentry um, Mm -hmm. from Seattle Central Community College, uh, which I'd heard about through one of my classmates in the University of Washington summer program. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a great, it was a great program. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, I met a lot of interesting people. I'm, you know, personally glad I did it. I think what I didn't understand at the time maybe was how uh, irrelevant um, wood carpentry is uh, for the type of work I do now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just construction, I think, like many fields, um, you know, it's a a super broad industry. And over the last hundred years, it's uh, it's really the, the, the specialization has increased tremendously. So whereas, you know, 100, 150 years ago, there was an architect who was a sort of master builder or, mm-hmm. you know, sole figure who overs- oversaw all aspects of design and even construction. Today, it's extremely, extremely specialized. So, okay. you know, not only do I uh, not work with wood, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but but it's sort of, we, we work with consultant teams, um, Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, I guess, but, 
I think the, I don't regret getting a, a carpentry degree and it helped me in, in many ways, but I think it was, it was certainly not as applicable to my future in the profession as I thought at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then from there, I uh, went pretty much straight to, you know, I, I knew that that was kind of a stepping stone to a grad program in architecture. Yeah. Uh, and the real challenge I faced is, um, you know, stepping into a design profession, it was the first time that I'd been asked to submit a portfolio. Mm-hmm. And that's just a big, very different you know, step coming from a liberal arts background. And so I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, taking classes on the side and just sort of developing a portfolio of, you know, work, art, sculpture, um, design, sort of on mm-hmm. my own to apply to grad programs. Uh, and applied to a number of programs. And, and again, this is where I, you know, I feel like I had very little understanding uh, or, 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 you know, it wasn't for lack of research. There's, there was not a lot of information out there about the yeah. differences between grad programs, why one might choose one over another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of just picked what I thought was best and, yeah. you know, got into one uh, you know, at, at Columbia that, that was pretty good, but it, mm-hmm. it was very different than many other programs. And, you know, I think it would not be for everyone. So again, it was another instance where I wish I had sort of more uh, visibility into, you know, that next step and mm-hmm. you know, more guidance on, you know, what might be the best fit for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, could you maybe talk a little bit about what the program is like and I think that, I don't know, maybe it'd just be me, but I don't think a lot of people really know what, I guess, architects like study or how to become an architect or maybe just know that many architects in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing I'll say is I think there's a massive difference between architecture school and being an architect. Okay. So in in school, well, and, and maybe I should say that, Columbia, because there are very different types of architecture schools again. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there are schools, um, you know, varies sort of regionally or by country. I mean, most of the European schools are very uh, technical. Uh, in the US, you know, there are sort of runs a gamut. I mean, there's some schools that are uh, sort of more conservative and more traditional in their approach. There's some schools that are very technical, and there are some schools that are very let's say experimental or sort of cutting edge about design. Okay. And the Columbia uh, GSAP, the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation is very much on the sort of cutting edge side. Yeah. So it was a lot about sort of using cutting edge technology um, to do studies, uh, often very formal or um, sort of experimental studies. Mm-hmm. you know, that resulted in, uh, you know, ideas uh, for for buildings. Um, and so, you know, the at, at any architecture school, I guess, um, the curriculum is really, the, the core of it is a class that's called the studio. Mm-hmm. And for us, you know, studio is literally three quarters of our, you know, grade or of our credits for any uh, okay any one semester and it's basically just each semester you get you know you put with a certain professor and a certain set of classmates and you have 
at first it can be one or you know two or three projects maybe but you know towards the the later studios it's you get one project so you have one project and you have a semester to design something mm -hmm. but what's sort of unique about uh grad school in a i think largely a positive way is you are given a brief um that you are to design to like say you know we're going to be designing a building it's going to be in this site you know in yeah. say new york and it's going to be you know a hospital that responds to these things mm -hmm. um, but often you have a huge amount of freedom to sort of almost design your own brief okay uh, so that's kind of i to me that was the most fun part of of architecture school was getting to sort of define the problem that i wanted to solve yeah and then getting to solve it through you know architecture and design mm -hmm. um you know there's a it was not a very technical program so the so the design solutions that we came up with um you know were are, are certainly not things that by and large could actually be built okay um you know it's much more uh i think about sort of argument i think you know if i could sum up you know what it is that i learned from that grad program was yeah. sort of how to again sort of identify problems and then you know come up with arguments for how to solve them mm -hmm. and represent those proposed solutions uh spatially and graphically and then to present them because that's that's sort of the final piece of of studio is that you you work on these design challenges uh, but then periodically you know you you there are these pinups you print everything out you've been working on you pin it up on a wall and you present it to the class or mm -hmm. to other instructors or whatever and uh, you know get feedback and, and all that but that that process of having to uh, sort of organize your thoughts uh, produce images to support your argument and then get up in front of a room and present it as best you can to sort of argue for what you think is the right solution. Yeah. I think is a really valuable skill set. Um, and I think is the the primary thing that, you know, me and my classmates learned through that program. Mm -hmm. But I would say it's that that probably sounds very different than what you might imagine <laughs> one would learn uh, in an architecture school. Yeah. Okay. And then as the program was maybe coming to a close, what did it look like then maybe looking for a firm or looking for a job? Um, yeah. Um, I guess before I answer that, I, I, the one other thing I want to say about, about the grad program that was pretty interesting is that uh, at least in this particular program, half of the people in the program had undergraduate architecture degrees. Okay. The other half, like me, came from liberal arts backgrounds. Yeah. So that was a very um, challenging and interesting aspect of, especially the first year, was sort of being being thrown into this. You know, there was there 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 were not two tracks. It was just you're all in the same class. You're all working on the same thing. Yeah. It's just some people have been doing this for four years, and some people have been writing essays. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think ultimately it, it wound up being, I think, very positive for, you know, for, for those of us with liberal arts backgrounds, because when you're put in that position of sort of having to catch up uh, and being evaluated on a higher standard, mm-hmm. you know, I think you, you do. Uh, and so I think by and large we did, and then also had the sort of broader kind of diversity of our own backgrounds to draw yeah. on instead of that sort of continued focus through through uh, undergraduate and then graduate education. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and finding a job, um, again, really opaque. Uh, they did do, I think, a career fair for like the first time. And so we got to talk to some firms, you know, and I got connected to my current firm through this there was a, a winter externship before my okay. first, my final year, which is kind of a weird thing where it was like a four week, not even maybe a two week sort of internship, oh, okay. uh, which is like not enough time to like <laughs> contribute at all. Uh, but it was a kind of generous thing, I guess, that they did. Yeah. Uh, and so that kind of, I got a foot in the door and, and met a couple people on that led to an interview and that led to me joining this firm that I mm-hmm. wanted to work at largely just based on their reputation. Yeah, I didn't really know anything about kind of how the firm worked or uh, how, you know, how, how that firm worked or how architecture firms in general worked mm-hmm. or really, you know, what it, what it meant to uh, be an architect. I mean, I think that's kind of one of the, the biggest things is, you know, when I not coming from, a design background and not really having a lot of people to you know, resources to talk to and, yeah. and understand how the industry worked. You know, I went to grad school and I was kind of like, Oh, this is, this is cool. This is kind of like being, I guess what an architect is like, you know, you just kind of like make stuff up and present stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was super fun. I mean, it was super, super stressful. And, and there's a culture of architecture that's not the healthiest uh, in terms of, working hours and work-life balance Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was it was fun and it was uh empowering to be able to you know sort of be in so i guess sort of in control i mean i think that's sort of what people what draws people to architecture often is sort of the feeling that you can use your creativity to you know design real tangible things out Mm -hmm. in the world that make you know, things better for people. Yeah. So that, that was all great. Being an actual architect, uh, there is some of that for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's, uh, some of that is, is very justified, but, you know, until you get into it, you don't really hear as much about the constraints, you know, the having to, you know, work with clients. <laughs> Yeah. You're not setting your own brief, you know, you're, you're working with a client, um, you know, you have financial constraints, you have their technical constraints, you know, it has to meet building code, it has to meet mm-hmm. city, you know, zoning regulations. Um, and then, you know, on top of it, it's also just, there's a lot of project management, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, there's also a lot of uh, follow through, you know, where you're, when you're in grad program, you know, you have one semester to sort of, again, sort of define a problem, propose a solution, and then you present it. Mm-hmm. 
at many firms, that same process more or less takes place, but then you have to go through another year of design to refine things and produce, you know, construction documentation. Mm-hmm. And then it's another three years of construction before that thing actually gets built. Yeah. So the, you know, at, at its best, you still get, you know, that kind of the creativity and, uh, you know, the problem solving yeah. you know, at, at that macro level, but it's a much smaller part of kind of the long-term day to day. Okay. Um, so then how would you describe your current job and maybe some of the major responsibilities? It's a good question. Um, you know, I think in architecture, like in any other fields, you know, again, there's a kind of specialization that takes place. Um, the most common way that happens in architecture, a lot of big firms is there's a kind of divisional split between uh, people with a focus on sort of technical uh, aspects of design, mm-hmm. um, which is is not, um, you know, I guess I should step back to say maybe that the, what we do, you know, in practice is uh, the architect is essentially coordinating the services of a whole team of consultants. So on and so I, I, I need to step back even again here to say the, the type of architecture that I do is very large in scale. So my firm uh, does not do single family homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't typically do, you know, any building. I think the smallest building we've done since I've been there is maybe 10 stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tallest we've done are, you know, 50, 60 stories. Um, you know, we've done stadiums, we've done you know, embassies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, university buildings. So this is where I said, you know, my degree in carpentry is not super <laughs> relevant. You know, it, it would be relevant if I was doing single family homes, you know, which are, are typically built out of wood and yeah. you know, at, at, sort of at that, at that scale. The buildings that we work on are, are with the exception of like new technologies, like cross laminated timber and mass timber construction, for the most part, they're, they're big steel, buildings or concrete mm-hmm. uh, and they're super complicated. Uh, and so, you know, we work with a very broad team of consultants. Uh, there's always a structural engineer, um, but then we have, you know, mechanical engineers to coordinate uh, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, mm-hmm. fire protection. Uh, we work with uh, civil consultants, um, you know, it, it Again, in, in the last, I don't know, a few decades, I mean, it's gotten even more specialized. So you know, we work with sustainability consultants now, you know, at, at this scale, that's not an integrated part of sort of architecture anymore. That's kind of mm-hmm. becoming its own spun out profession. Um, we work with uh, facade consultants where okay. the facade is sort of the skin of the building, mm-hmm. but it's become in modern, you know, sort of large scale construction, its own incredibly specialized, complicated technical discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so again, it's kind of been spun out of architecture. So, you know, in a, in a way, <laughs> what does the architect do? I mean, it's a lot of um, sort of coordinating all of in yeah. that, that whole team. It's sort of making sure that that whole team is working together and uh, 
uh, sharing information effectively, making sure we reach, you know, reach the finish line. Um, you know, but it's also, it is that, you know, the early phase, like what is the design? What's the overall intent of the building? How are we solving that, you know, spatially? Um, and then more technical things like, you know, are we meeting building code? Are we meeting, you know, zoning requirements? Mm -hmm. uh, is the building safe you know, in terms of, if there's a fire, can people get out? Yeah. Those are things that are the responsibility of, of the architect. So again, you know, all of that is, uh, is not the kind of creative, uh, you know, what a lot of people see as the exciting side of architecture. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, of nuts and bolts. Um, and so now I think I can say that, uh, you know, again, within a conventional or sort of a typical way of splitting up the roles of individual architects within a given firm is a focus on the more technical side, which is going to have to do with construction detailing. When you are designing a building, you have to draw very detailed documents that allow, mm -hmm. you know, a construction firm to build very complex things. And yeah. so knowing how to, you know, properly draw that in a way that will work, will look good, will be cost effective, won't leak. Um, that's a, it's a very technical skill set that requires yeah. a lot of experience. Then there's sort of a track that focuses on sort of design itself. Mm -hmm. It's more about kind of making sure, you know, coming up with the initial design tends to be more creative, you know, making sure the design intent is carried through this very technical process that can, yeah. in some cases, sort of steamroll design intent. And then the last piece is like project management, which is making sure that, you know, again, everyone, even on that team is like working together, staying on schedule, you know, staying on budget, uh, working with the client, making sure the client is, uh, you know, happy with the process. Um, so I would say my firm uh, has rejected that uh, sort of division of labor and mm -hmm. basically said, you know, we think it's better if everyone does everything and is a mm -hmm. generalist. So we don't, we don't officially divide people up in, in those ways. I've done sort of all of that on, you know, my five and a half years uh, at the firm. Mm -hmm. uh, but that said, I definitely have gravitated over time, both intentionally and, and unintentionally, into what I think most people consider sort of a project management role. So that's kind of where I am now. It's like my I don't have a super deep technical knowledge, mm -hmm. um, and I and I you know am not as actively involved in design. Yeah. Uh, but I you know am sort of leading and coordinating. Uh, teams right now to kind of keep the whole process on track. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very cool. I know that you mentioned early on in this talk that you don't even, you don't know um, if architecture is what you want to continue doing or see yourself doing like far in the future. Um, what do you hope to do in the future or what might you want to do in the future? That's a good question. I mean, I think that, you know, the problem with any profession is that you don't, you, you can't, you really can't know, or it's very difficult to know 
yeah. the kind of challenges and limitations of that profession until you're really in it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, the hardest thing as a, as a young person trying to pick a profession is, you know, you, you get a surface level view of what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like just the way life works and you, you, you can do all the research you, know, you can, and, and sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. I think this kind of thing is a great, you know, a, a great thing to be doing to try to give people more insight into those professions. But, you know, ultimately it's just, it's pretty difficult uh, to know what you're getting into. And I think, you know, there's a lot about architecture that I really like. You know, I think architecture takes place within this much broader framework um, of kind of the built environment. Yeah. Know, I mean, city planning and like urban policy, land use, you know, but then also like real estate developments. Um, you know, there's a kind of both from the private side and from the public side, you know, there are these forces operating to shape cities and cities and urban areas sort of are really like the major economic social cultural drivers you know so Mm -hmm. this process of kind of shaping the built environment i think is really central to you know the way that most people obviously live and interact and um i think architecture plays a role in all of that Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's been my avenue into all of that, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I, I think, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, I think there's some limitations to architecture. You know, like at its most sort of simple. I mean, when you're working for like a, a real estate developer, you know, typically architects uh, don't have a very deep sense of the financial model. Yeah. So if you're working for a client, you know, you might, you might be interested in green construction and you know, environmental sustainability, and you might want to do, uh, you know, a, a CLT timber building, or, you know, you might want to have affordable housing, do all these things that would make for what you see as a better project. But the challenge is, you know, not only is that sort of not your purview, you don't, as an architect, set the brief. Yeah. The client sets the brief. But the additional challenge is that, you know, they're operating, again, in a just particularly in a developer context, you know, they're operating off of, you know, a financial model for how they're going to finance and mm-hmm. construct the project. And as an architect, if you don't understand that financial model, you can't even engage with that, you know, brief. You, you know, if you say, I think we should have more affordable housing and they say, well, we can't afford it. Where do you go? Mm-hmm. Like you've sort of reached, you sort of reached the limits of architecture. Yeah. And so, you know, you can, of course, sort of position yourself as an affordable, you know, an architect who works on affordable uh, projects or an architect with a focus on sustainable you know, practices. Um, but what that really means is that you're seeking out clients who share that vision and you're you're working with them and i think you know that's that's great and there's a there's a tremendous need for that Uh, but i think part of what i have been interested in um seeking is like how how do we how do i you know how does anyone i guess have have a have more of an impact over the the brief 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you know that's kind of led me in a number of directions. Like first, sort of developing an interest in like the real estate development side of things, which I knew very little about. Mm-hmm. Gotten much closer to that, and just still at my current job and in some of the projects I've worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, again toward toward the more public side with like city planning and zoning regulations. Uh, the ways that city governments can sort of shape the evolution of cities, you know, and, and sort of in, indirectly, you know, shape the briefs for projects. You yeah. know, like to give one example, I mean, in New York city, one of the most really the way that affordable housing is built right now is through this program that where essentially any new development over a certain size has to have, 20 percent or around there uh affordable housing okay and so that's a way that you know at the, on the government level the city government level you're able to kind of set a mandatory brief for how things have to evolve mm-hmm. you know there's criticism of that from both sides it doesn't go far enough or it goes too far and uh the reason i would sort of potentially move out of architecture or move laterally within architecture, mm-hmm. I guess, is to try to find sort of more agency. Yeah. And try to understand, you know, how to have more of a positive impact, mm-hmm. you know, at a larger scale than just, you know, one building at a time. Yeah. And I'd say okay. particularly because something that I didn't, realize and i think it's hard for a lot of people to to grapple with is Mm -hmm. you know when you're doing a big building i mean it could be six years of your life yeah and and the hard part too is sometimes it's three years of your life and then that project goes away and the building's never built Mm. so you know with like buildings are very tangible they are you can point to them you can walk through them you know, they have a physical impact on, you know, environments and also, a, you know, economic and social impact and all that. Um, but along with that, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a cost to that, I guess, which is just they're enormously complicated and they take a really long time and there's lots of risks. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a part of it too, is acknowledging or coming to terms with the fact that much of what you work on won't be built. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the work that will be built will take, you know, much longer than, um, you know, in certain other professions where the kind of payoff or, you know, you're, you're able to see the results and the, the consequences of your efforts. You're able yeah. to, to sort of see that uh, much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Um, I think that we've talked about quite a bit. So... I believe we will start wrapping things up. But as a final question, I always like to ask if you have any advice for current students. And this could be related to your career or really related to anything, life, making like big decisions or whatever you'd like to share. Yeah, I mean, I guess one initial thought, um, you know, I... I yeah, a couple of thoughts. I mean, one, I would always encourage people to, you know, take advantage of the liberal arts nature, you know, of Pomona or of, of mm-hmm. the program. 
you know, because I mean, I came in, you know, to grad school, uh, you know, with a degree in environmental analysis, which is tangentially related to architecture, Mm -hmm. you know, but there were people, you know, in my program with art backgrounds, economics backgrounds, uh, you know, dance backgrounds. I mean, it didn't, you know, you, you, you need to have some kind of path and some kind of portfolio that gets you there. But, yeah, you know, again, I, you don't need to commit too early. And I think there's a, a danger in committing too early, you know, both in terms of sort of committing to something before you have a broad sense of your options, mm-hmm. um, but also just sort of uh, having a narrowness of experience um, from having focused on one thing. For so long. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely encourage people to, you know, study broadly and in directions that, you know, might not be your first choice, just to sort of see all the options that are out there. Yeah. Um, the second thing I would say is I would definitely encourage people, I guess, to try to, you know, understand, um, maybe a way of putting this is like not only the the positive aspects of a profession, but also the negative aspects of a profession. Yeah. One example, I mean, in architecture, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, the culture is changing, Mm -hmm. but has historically been long hours, almost a kind of martyr mentality, you know, where there's this pervasive and, you know, enduring myth of the kind of lone genius architect, you know, who's doing, doing the, you know, this critical work, uh-huh. And so therefore, you know, it's not a, it's not a job, it's a calling, Okay. you know, and therefore it's okay for you to be, you know, in the studio or in the office until midnight. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a, historically a culture of work-life balance. There's also, uh, I guess not a, not a culture, but there's not a reality of great pay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sort of culturally people look at, you know, our architects I have read uh, are one of the most respected professions and sort of yeah. admired professions and held up there in a lot of people's minds with, you know, doctors, lawyers, but, you know, the salary ranges for architects, especially you know, younger architects are not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think a lot of that has to do with it being seen as a kind of passion or calling and it's the type of work that people there's not that many jobs designing museums you know there are a lot of jobs designing hospitals and data centers and you know things that need to be built Mm -hmm. or you know there's demand for them to be built but are not seen as as sort of creative and expressive yeah and so you know, and then I guess just that the aspect where, you know, architecture is a service profession, you know, it is, it is not entrepreneurial. You know, you are going out there, you are trying to find clients, you are trying to get their business, you know, to execute their ideas really, mm-hmm. and their, and their needs. And that's not to, you know, disparage that. I and mean, I think that there's, again, there's a lot that I like about architecture. I think there's a lot about that model that works, but I think that it's good for people as much as possible to try to go into these different professions with sort of clear eyes about what you're getting into and understand, again, not only the kind of surface level 
you know, appeal or, or prestige of it, but mm-hmm. also understand, you know, the negatives, um, you know, that are, are, are a part of every profession, um, but also, you know, trying to understand you know, the same way that you might look and say, okay, how do my, you know, what are the positive aspects of a job that you yeah. want to try to align with, you know, your, your values or your strengths or whatever. I think it's also important to try to look, uh, and I wish I had done a bit more um, sort of analysis about like, what are the negatives of these different career paths, mm-hmm. you know, and, and assess whether that fits with what you want from your life. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Not, not to say, I mean, I, I, not to say that I, again, that I regret uh, any, anything. I mean, I think it's yeah. been, I may have come off a little, a little negative here. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot uh, that is great about architecture. And I think um, for some people, it's a great profession and the industry is changing and really, you know, slow, but I think positive ways and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll see more of that. Um, I think it takes a lot of people by surprise Yeah, because it's, it has this image from the outside. And then even once you get into grad school, it's very, it, it sort of is uh, as it's been built, you know, it's creative, it's empowering, it's fun. And then you get into the actual profession of it and it's a lot more technical. It's a lot more logistical, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's, I would say it's deeply important work, especially you know now when there's a huge housing crisis and, you know, big questions about remote work, you know, what is the future of the office? What is the future of the downtown? And there are, you know, we could do a whole another one of these about like, what are the important issues that, you know, I think architecture is central in trying to solve. Um, And, and that, you know, should all factor into people's decisions and and interests. Um, But I think that that's all stuff that's easier to see and easier to get excited by. Uh, And, and, you know, reasons why people get into it. So I, I guess I wanted to maybe use this opportunity to shed a bit more light on the kind of behind the scenes and, yeah. you know, not, not again, to say that that's bad. I mean, I, I, you know, enjoy a lot of the project management aspects of it, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't, you know, it's important to understand what that day to day actually looks like. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you sharing your insights and, sharing your journey and experiences thanks i mean i i uh i appreciate being here um you know i i it's the appropriate forum for it but i would also just say that i'm happy to talk to anyone who wants to talk more about this stuff i think that mm-hmm. again there's a lot of a lot of positives i think there's a lot of different paths within architecture a lot yeah. of different paths out of architecture even mm-hmm. um and there's not one path and there's not one path that's right for anyone. Um, and I think there are a lot of ways for architecture to be, you know, a great, a great career path um, mm-hmm. for people either, you know, short-term or long-term. So I'd be, yeah, ha- happy to talk about specific circumstances with them. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Riley. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course. And thank you guys for listening and take care.